Hey everybody, DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Welcome to our midweek series. We've been teaching through the Sermon on the Mount in a series that I'm calling A Path Forward. And the reason why we're doing this series is because it just feels like in so many ways our world is stuck. Our culture is stuck. Um, Whether it's COVID or the political environment we're in, it's just easy to feel stuck right now. And God did not, (laughs) I, I think, create his church, his kingdom, his people to be a people who are stuck. In fact, I think he created us to be a people who live uh, victoriously and are overcomers, as it says in First John and in the book of Revelation. And so Jesus' teaching, and especially I think his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, offers the people of God, offers his disciples, offers those who are his students and listening to him, a path forward out of being stuck in this life. So whether you're from Parker Ford or just watching this online, it's great to have you with us. Let's pray and invite the Lord to lead us today as we look at Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 to 6 and a teaching I'm calling Specs and Logs. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for today. Thank you for um, the chance to engage your word and continue to be shaped by, by who you are and uh, what you've designed for your kingdom and for us. And we pray this in your mighty name. Amen. So once again, just by review, this is the Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus' teaching on what it means to live in his kingdom, which is at hand here today. And this teaching um, that we're going to see in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 6, it offers us a path forward out of obsession with what God is doing in other people's lives. It's so easy to be overly concerned and obsessed with what God is doing in other people's lives. Well, God, why did they get the promotion? God, why, you know, why did they get that car that I've always wanted? Or why did they get to live in that awesome house? Or it's so easy to be obsessed with what God has, has done or, or blessed other people with. And, and Jesus really wants to, I believe, give us a path out of that kind of living. Um, furthermore, he, he offers us a path out of self-righteousness. That's another way of, of sort of saying the same thing, but uh, out of being so overly concerned with earning um, our own place, or getting what, what's mine, or, or being self-righteous in the sense of, of um, don't you see how good I am? And he's had a lot to say about that throughout the sermon already. It offers us a path, that Jesus' teaching offers us a path into an enthroned vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Jesus' teaching about what it means to be a people who don't judge others improperly, but have the judgment of Christ it offers us a path into an enthroned vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll have more to say about that as we go through the passage. And it offers us a path into self-awareness and humility, which is sort of the opposite of those first two points. Out of obsession with other people, into proper self-awareness, and out of self-righteousness, and into a proper place of humility. I think Jesus offers us all of that in this uh, passage in Matthew 7. So starting in verse 1, he says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Listen to that hyperbole, that sort of sarcasm, that humor in Jesus' teaching. Why are you looking at the speck in your brother's eye and there's a log in your eye? Verse 4, or how can you say to your brother, Let me take that speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye. 
Verse five, you hypocrite. Again, we looked at that word a couple weeks ago, but that means you're, you play actor. You're, you're playing righteousness. You're acting it out in a way to be seen by others, not by God. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. Several weeks ago, well this is a couple months ago, I I was out on a run and I was pretty far from my house and I was getting tired and I was thinking about a situation that I was frustrated with and I was frustrated with the person in this situation. It was a very carnal thought. I'm just kind of not praying for them, not really having compassion towards them, just thinking about how I was sort of annoyed at the way that they were handling this situation, how it was inconveniencing me, how I would have handled it differently. And all of a sudden, a gnat flies into my eye <laughs> as I'm having these thoughts. And so I'm running down the road, and I'm on, I'm on one of the local highways, and so I'm trying to stay to the, ro- uh, to the edge of the road while trucks are passing me and stuff. And I've got this, this gnat in my eye, and I'm thinking about this situation I'm frustrated with. And I just sensed the Holy Spirit say to me, you want to take that log out of your eye? (laughs) Like, you want to take that log out of your eye? Not be so obsessed about the speck in your brother's eye. Oh my goodness. We do this so quickly. We do this so quickly where we get on the judgment seat, the throne of Jesus. We, We enthrone ourselves. We sit down on the judgment seat and say, thus saith the Lord, as if we have that position. Skajitani, in, in the little book, What If Jesus Is a Serious, we've been, we've been using two books to kind of guide us through this study and pull from The Divine Conspiracy uh, by Dallas Willard and, and Skajitani's recent a little devotional book, What If Jesus Was Serious. Skajitani says this about this passage. He says, the Greek word judgment in the New Testament has two meanings, just as it does in English. It can mean discerning between things, as in, I judged the red car to be in better condition than the blue one. If Jesus meant for us to avoid acts of discernment, it would render all of his teachings, not to mention all of scripture, meaningless. So clearly, Jesus isn't talking about us not having judgment when it comes uh, to meaning discernment. Rather, it's the second meaning. The second meaning of judge is to sit in a place of superiority to condemn, to put ourselves on the judgment seat. This is the sort of judgment Jesus warns against. He does not want us to condemn others to pass final judgment upon them or declare another person to be irretrievably guilty. That is never our role to be judge, juror, uh, what's the phrase? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, the judge and the juror um, for over other people. We are not to declare another person irretrievably guilty. It's so easy to do this. It's so easy to think of our brother or sister as, man, they are beyond the love of God. They are past his forgiveness. Um, It's just so easy for us to do this. But uh, Jatani says such devaluing, and that's what it is. Devaluing of a person is precisely what Jesus's enemies did to him. It is the way of the world, not the way of God's kingdom, which is why Jesus said earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, what do you do with your enemies? You've heard it said, love your neighbor, love your friends, hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies. That is the way of God's kingdom. And Dallas Willard says in The Divine Conspiracy, if we would really help those close to us and dear to us, and if we would learn to live together 
and our family and neighbors in the power of the kingdom, we must abandon the deeply rooted human practice of condemning and blaming. This is what Jesus means when he says, judge not. He is telling us that we should and that we can become the kind of person who does not condemn or blame others. Let me personalize that for you. You can and you should in Christ become the kind of person that neither condemns nor blames others. Willard says, and we do so as we do so, excuse me, the power of God's kingdom will be more freely available to bless and guide those around us into his ways. There's nothing that drives people away from the kingdom of God, like feeling like they are condemned and judged. (laughs) There's nothing that draws people to the kingdom of God, like this self-sacrificial love, overwhelming love of Jesus Christ. Another way of putting it would be when we learn to get off of the judgment seat, which is Christ's rightful place, and we allow him, Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, to assume his rightful and enthroned role in our lives, this reveals him more clearly, not only to us, but to those around us. And so when Jesus is saying, judge that you might not, do not judge or you will be judged, I think he's saying, get off my throne. (laughs) That's my role. Don't assume my role. Assume the role of my follower. What is the role of a follower of Christ? Well, first and foremost, it starts with receiving his unmerited grace, that which we haven't earned, his love that flows from the cross, which we didn't purchase, which we didn't get up on. It's just his act of self-giving love to us, what it means to be his, his follower, what it means to be under him is to receive that flow, receive the grace, receive the forgiveness, and then to be a channel of it towards others. It doesn't mean that we don't care about justice. We certainly are to care about justice, and Jesus has a lot to say about that. It doesn't mean that we don't care about righteousness. We do care about righteousness. It's just that we're not putting ourselves on the throne to be the one who's the arbiter of justice, that we're not the ones who think that we can be the ones who condemn or the ones who judge or the ones who blame. That's Jesus's role. He is the one who sorts through the wheat and the tares. He is the one who sorts through the sheep and the goats. That is never our role. Our role is to represent his kingdom, and we do so by showing the cross. We do so by living in the same way that he did, self-sacrificially loving others. So as we think about this passage, I want to invite you to read this scripture again, Matthew 7, 1 to 6. Read it slowly. Savor the words. Think about them. And then ask these questions. Who sits on the judgment seat in your life? (laughs) Are you the one sitting on the throne, or is Jesus Christ sitting on the throne, the judgment seat? Secondly, what is what log is blinding your own sight? We all have logs in our eyes. So, so what log is blinding you from seeing others? Clearly. And thirdly, how might Jesus be offering you a path forward? Judge not, that you might not be judged. <laughs> Let's take the logs out of our eyes. Let's focus on seeing clearly by allowing Jesus to be the one who's sitting on his throne. So I pray that Jesus Christ would be enthroned in your life. I pray that um, he would be the one who's the final judge in your life and that you could sit under him 
that he would truly be your rabbi, your teacher, and that you can walk out his way in this world, his kingdom, living as if it's at hand, living in that truth today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Go with God.